You've scanned the headlines, read the articles, and liked the posts. Now listen to the experts themselves in the Future of Work podcast, presented by allwork.space. Are you ready? Hi, and welcome to the Future of Work podcast by allwork.space. I'm Ceci Amador de San Jose, and today I'm looking forward to talking with Anita Darden-Gardine, CEO of Oniva. Today, we're going to chat about the changing dynamics of work, how this is affecting workers, specifically women and caregivers, and the opportunities that these new dynamics create. Anita, welcome. Thank you so much, Ceci, for hosting me today. Nice to be here. We're very, very happy to have you. And I want to start by learning a little bit more about your platform, Univa. How does it work? How did it came about? And how are companies using it today? How does it work? Well, it works. Companies today, like Felice Insurance, can sign up and their employees are able to access our platform because it's a benefit, just like they get medical and dental. With the Oniva technology platform, you get access through this to trusted FBI background check caregivers who come to your home, Sassy, if you're an employee of Felice Insurance, and they'll provide you with infant care, elder care, someone to provide care for your child while they're working with Zoom or to drive them to school, um, to bring you an in-home massage or to clean the home so that you can continue to work and be productive. Unlike some other applications, our technology absolutely is designed for enterprise-grade security and privacy. And that means we're concerned about your data not being hacked, as well as that of caregivers not being hacked. And we're mostly excited that for those employee customers through our technology platform, they're saving about 11 hours per week that it takes to hunt and find care for each one of those caregivers that you may need to have into your home. To answer the why question, as a mom with a child and also a mom who needed elder care, I'm one of those people who was in the sandwich generation, realizing that in order for me to go to work, I needed to ensure my seven-year-old daughter was able to be taken care of and go to school. And my now you know, almost 70-year-old mom, who began to experience health issues, also needed care. So when I went out and looked at what was available, I simply couldn't find it and chose to build it myself having a background in technology and also having an experienced team within my reach to take this vision and turn it into a reality. That's amazing. And I, I do think that oftentimes the best solutions come from people that firsthand experience the problems and they can relate as a new mom um, working from home. Oh. It's it's not as easy as people, as people think like, and I mean, I, I have a four-month-old, so she still doesn't have a schedule, and I'm very lucky that my parents and my in-laws live really close by, so mm-hmm. whenever I have a really uh, big project to tackle on, I'm just like, I'm coming over, just let me know when she's hungry so I can feed her, but otherwise, just please take care of her. And you already talked about one of the most common problems or challenges that people looking for caregivers experience, and it's it can be an exhausting process, especially if you're like interviewing and vetting people. Correct. Aside from the time consuming aspect of it, what are some of the other challenges that you experienced and that you find that people today are experiencing? Well, I, what I found as a mom, and first let me congratulate you for being a working Thank mom you. with a four month old, uh, you're experiencing extreme sleep deprivation. The most common challenge that I found uh, was just not knowing 
what I needed to ask. In all candor, here in California, I wasn't aware that we had a 1987 law that said that anybody who provided in-home care needed to have a living FBI background check. That right, meant, okay. yeah, and it's free. There's an 800 number that you can access. And every caregiver, the hundreds of thousands that have gone through this process since 1987, you simply provide their government issue photo ID number, whether it's a Utah state ID, a California state ID, it can be from anywhere. And they'll be able to tell you that that person ha has achieved a certain standing and they maintain that background check. So, Oh, please. Sessa. Oh, is, is that a local law or does that spread nationwide? It's a statewide law. Um, okay. to my larger point that I was coming to is that uh, child care and elder care laws are so fragmented by state. Um, we've had some companies ask us to approach certain states, for example, that don't have a first aid or CPR requirement. We are exporting California's requirements and our technology is built to California's requirements so that, Sessie, you don't need to know and you shouldn't have to know that a caregiver to your four-month-old should have a living FBI, California DOG background check, first aid, CPR, and references. So with our technology platform, should you choose to use this to book a caregiver, you're going to see the returned results of all those things and you're not going to know necessarily that the results that are returned, every caregiver's first aid, CPR, that trust line, you're seeing all the requirements that they need to operate in California that you just may not know. And it's built into the technology because we just want you and your child to be safe and have access to trusted care. And from an employer perspective, your employer is going to want to know that workers in your home comply with all the laws and regulations that they should. So in our case, our technology is actually extending trust into other states because sometimes they don't have first aid or CPR requirements, but we believe those are the right things any caregiver to your baby or my baby or my mom should have. And I, I agree. And I think that's definitely qualifications is definitely one of the things that at least in child care, I know a lot of people care about. You want to make sure that that whoever is taking care of your loved ones is not just, you know, a capable person, but that they have specific abilities and skills that hopefully won't be needed, but in case they are needed. But then, and going back to the FBI background check, and I think this is something that most people sometimes overlook, but you're letting people into your homes, into your life. And whether we like it or not, people can tell a lot about our lives just by stepping into our homes. And so having a background check, I think would be something that's utterly necessary, but then it can be tricky. Cause I, and like you said, it varies statewide. So some States may not ask for it. And so you're like, where do I get a background check? How much do I pay for it? Um, is it legal? Is it not? Like, and how do you even approach a subject with potential candidates? Like, hey, I want a background check. Is that something that you can say straight up? Do you have to like have like a, a previous interview first? Or is this something that caregivers should require straight up? Like, would you mind providing a background check? Absolutely. And and I would I would only modify that language set to say this is my child, my mom, my home, my most precious. I need you to do, to provide me with 
that background check. The challenge that many parents face today is what a what is a background check? Um, so many different care platforms or companies might say we offer a background check. And as a consumer, as a parent, you have to know to ask that next set of questions. That background check, for example, if you were to work with a certain care marketplace and you paid for a background check of a person who lived, say, in San Francisco, that might only mean they look at who's in the top 10 most wanted list in San Francisco. So if hypothetically that caregiver you're thinking about for your child's number 11, you're going to be told, hey, that, pet, that the person you paid for the background check passed. Uh, at Oniva, we have a living FBI, California Department of Justice background check. That means if a crime is committed in the future, one of those about 82 crimes, elder abuse, child abuse, DUI, that I get notified. So the only way to have the FBI do your background check is to be regulated by the Department of Social Services. And right now, Oniva is the only technology platform that is. So you can pay for background checks on other platforms, but make sure you ask specifically what is being checked. You'll find frequently it's a credit check. You can't ask. Yeah, that's a really, really amazing tip you're giving. Like life pro tip, make sure that you ask what you're what you're paying for, and you know, like read the fine print. Yes. Beyond that, and, and I'm assuming with COVID <laughs> and people working remotely, I know for a fact that a lot of families struggled with having kids at home, dealing with pets, or having to take care of the elderly. What are some of the things that you're seeing people struggling with the most? Caregivers, like families that act as caregivers, what are they struggling right now with? You captured it. Uh, Right now, it's families and particularly moms, dads as well. But many of us have picked up 15 hours a week of extra care for our families in addition to COVID. And we are finding that those families really have an extreme amount of demand. Uh, The notion of being able to provide, say, oversight for a kindergartner, a second grader over Zoom while performing your job, uh, whatever that job is, is challenging. And let's face it, you could also be an essential service provider. We've got folks at San Mateo Credit Union as customers. They've got to be at that branch every day to meet those customer needs. So imagine you've also got families who are forced to be in the workforce in their old jobs every day, but their children can't go to school, preschools, or even special needs or elder centers. They remain closed, at least here in California. So many families are finding just really disruptive solutions and in their daily lives. And historically, you know, companies have only offered what's called backup care. Backup care is if you can't go to work that day, you know, you call an 800 number. And if you're lucky, one in three folks will get somebody show up that you don't choose at your door. Oniva as an employee benefit is the very first time you get to choose who comes to the door. And it's not just so you can go to work. I think the other thing that many of us need to accept uh, from an employer standpoint, work is 24-7-365. It is no longer eight to five and I need somebody at my door then. Uh, Oniva is... Uh, 24 7 365 and use an 800 number because gosh forbid if you need care for that baby because of an emergency project or you need to go to the hospital because of an in-law 
make sure that you always have access to that trusted care provider for even in those emergencies. So that's that's what my mission is. That's my passion. That's and, and I can tell it's definitely your passion. <laughs> One thing that you mentioned, and I think that I really want to talk about this, is that you said that the, the pandemic created this kind of like more disrupted, it disrupted homes and jobs. And it definitely mm-hmm. showed that it's it, it's not doable to have like a full-time job while having to tutor kids via Zoom meetings, or even if you don't have to tutor them, just taking care of them. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that this has led to is um, an, ex- an extreme exodus of women from the workforce. Yes. Um, how can benefits like caregiving help bring women back to the workforce? Is this something that you believe could definitely make it easier and more accessible for women and caregivers in general to go back to the to work? Um, how can platforms, how can companies leverage platforms like Neva to do this? You captured exactly why we built it. Um, I left my career. I was a CFO at a company that's now called Seagate back in 2000. So I'm, I'm familiar with being the most senior black in the room, the most senior female in the room. But I left my career because my husband's company was acquired and I stayed home to raise our child. Um, our son until our second child was born. And so many of us do that. I'm speaking specifically of women. We know that women's labor force participation rates right now match 1988. That's the year I graduated from grad school. It is insane. And that's because so many of us got pushed out of the workforce because we provide care. And COVID made so many of us leave to provide care to our families, there was simply no place to get it. And uh, Ceci, you've captured it incredibly well because you know the next step will be if and when those women should choose to try to return to the workforce, the challenges they'll face, the income disruption they'll experience, and the impact that'll have on their ability to rise to the heights of their career later in life. So it's um, that care responsibility is a tax that impacts and impacts and impacts and impacts. So by making care available as an employee benefit, it is absolutely our primary intent to see women and men have access to the care so that we can compete better for pay, better for jobs, and better to get into those senior leadership roles that sometimes we don't get into for lots of reasons, but those reasons include I've got to go home and provide care for my child because that's a part of my responsibility as the woman and the family. And I definitely think that having access to trusted caregivers, well, external ones, is definitely one way to do it. Another one, I think, and this is something that I believe some companies failed to do while they made the switch to remote work, was flexible schedules. Just let people work whenever whenever they can, especially if they have kids or elderly at home. I know that's one of the reasons why I'm able to work at the moment. Um, Yeah, yeah, you're you're absolutely right. It has to be designed for more flexibility. This is not an American problem. This is a global problem. Um, We can talk about Japan or Germany, but the, uh, the impact of care on careers of women and on major societies, particularly because of the aging of the world. And again, we can look at which societies are experiencing that first, Japan, Germany, the U.S. Um, We have a massive opportunity here to lift 
all people and all women by helping to close pay equity gap, gender gap, uh, you know, career gaps because of uh, care. Yeah. And, and I think one another thing to add to that is increase the company's diversity, equity, equity and inclusion efforts, which is something that I know it's been getting a lot of press lately. And it's mm-hmm. something that companies are starting to pick up on and they, they can't continue doing the business as usual. Correct. Correct. Absolutely. And companies have a great opportunity with Oniva to contribute to the cost of care um, because care is a right. You and a four-month-old baby, if you were in a different country, you would have a different set of services available to you. Let's face it, it's our opportunity at America to use not only our technology, but our policies to let us catch up with some of the rest of the world around a global problem. That's true. And I know that... And specifically, this is with child care. I know that there are really strict laws to opening child care. And I know that's one of the reasons why companies have increasingly kind of like steered away from providing their own child care um, mm-hmm. to their employees. So definitely absorbing some of the costs that would provide access to that is one way to kind of like overcome that barrier of entry. But beyond those benefits to kind of like make the workload easier to manage for working parents, for working caregivers, there's also the well-being component of it. So you mentioned that Oniva provides access to not only um, babysitters and childcare and elderly care, but also masseuse. Mm-hmm. How can access to these types of services also improve the well-being of employees? How how can it improve not only their well-being, but overall their work performance? Oh, my gosh. First, I, I, I let me just say, you know, massage therapists for some of us are right next to medical. They're not yeah. doctors, not physicians. But I can tell you, um, Celine, if you're listening, when you're here on my, <laughs> in my living room or on my debt, I, I feel better. But let's face it. Uh, let's let's talk about the realities of aging. You know, it, it helps me. Uh, I need massage to help me manage my life. And it, it is almost medical for me. And I mean that sincerely. One thing that you mentioned is it's not just childcare, it's um, masseuse, it's housekeeping, it's uh, care for pets. And I think one overarching theme here is that companies need to know that the needs of their employees will vary, um, whether it's not just about age or gender. It's about where they are in life. Are they married? Do they have kids? Do they have elderly parents? Do they have pets? Do they just expect to have access to certain alternative methods that help them relax and and be their best selves at work? And so I I, I think that access to these services is definitely something that, I mean, yeah, it should be part of the future of work, I think. It's, It's time. Harvard released a study last summer called The Caring Company. And what companies do know is the higher you are in the organization, the more senior you are, the more likely you are to have left a job for care. 61% of senior managers have left a job for care. Um, At a director level, 55% have left a job. I think it's 44% at a management level. So companies, if they're focused on attracting and retaining the best talent, and you're talking about the senior executive tier, that's the tier that's leading your strategy, that's creating the next level for your company and building value for your investors. Corporations have to stop the brain drain 
that is occurring, particularly with women exiting the business right now. So what an amazing opportunity for our corporations to step in and bring that care available, uh, that bring trusted care, make it available and help subsidize it so that every worker can have access to it because we all have a right to care so that we can go out and work and live our best lives and do our best work. But we can only do that if we know there's a caregiver who's safe at home so that we can do that. I agree in the brain drain. I I really like that. And you mentioned something that's really important. It's talent attraction and retention. So churn rate is definitely an issue for companies. And I know that some experts predict that there will be a global talent shortage by 2030. So that's not even that far into the future. Mm-hmm. And to have people exit their jobs for caregiving at such a senior level, I mean, it's not only disruptive and terrible for the employee, but for the company, having to find someone, train them, have them incorporate them to, to the culture, and then mm-hmm making sure that they're a good fit with the rest of the team that they'll be overlooking. This is something that it benefits companies as much as it does the employee. And I know that a lot of the talk around benefits and caregiving, it centers around how it will benefit the employee, mm-hmm. but to make it an appealing offer for employers and for them to actually want to offer it, I think that we need to talk about the benefits that it that it provides business-wise. So mm-hmm. not only will you have access to a workforce that's more focused, that feels better, that's happier, but you don't have to deal with the surrounding issues around churn rate of talent, like yep. the yep. expenses, uh, time-wise, resource-wise, and how it impacts overall company culture. And it, it can even interrupt really big projects. Exactly. Exactly. And and COVID, as you pointed out, so many women left the workforce from COVID. That 2030 number you talked about, I bet it just got accelerated. And that dearth of talent is going to be much sooner. And it's terrible because there's already all of these different resources that companies can use. And I know that there's been, or at least I feel that there's been kind of like some how do I put it? They've been kind of like preventing it and, and seeing how they can postpone it and, and not wanting mm-hmm. to embrace it. And mm-hmm. while COVID mm-hmm. definitely brought about a lot of negative things, I think it's yeah. accelerating a trend towards employee-owned benefits, employee-owned everything. And I think this will mark a new era of like kind of like creating a, an employee-centric experience around work, not only the workplace, but the benefits, uh, scheduling. I and love that language set, employee-centric from the employer perspective. You captured it. Employers have to woo talent. Um, If you are one of those uh, professionals who are going to be sorely sought in the future that you describe, and I'm going to guess about half of them are women, right? Just 50-50, you know, (laughs) you really want to be proactive in thinking about how do you attract and retain that. And again, you pointed it out, the impact of COVID and the number of women who have left the workforce is so extreme and so massive. I think that at the beginning of the pandemic, we all we were all in like just like crisis mode. Let's just figure out how to move forward, but and stay kind of like survive. But right now, it's it's time to figure out a strategy um, for talent attraction, talent retention. And I think with COVID again, and a lot of companies had to lay off a lot of people 
um, just to cut costs and be able to kind of like weather the storm. So a lot of workers have taken on extra responsibilities. Mm -hmm. And so this can lead to burnout at an increased rate than what companies are used to experiencing. So access to a masseuse, house cleaning, um, Pet. taking care of pets, everything. It, yeah. it, it, no matter how small or unnecessary it may seem, it definitely provides a big opportunity for workers to take a deep breath and kind of like relax, regroup and, and refocus. Absolutely. And as we think about the new normal, my new normal includes a very small circle, right? Um, yeah. I, I can count the number of people and pods that we have exposure to. Who knew in 2014 when we designed our technology stack, our first iteration, that focusing on repeat close matches would be so essential? We had no idea when we put that into place. Um, if you've ever used a ride share app, for example, and you had a great experience and you go, I wish I could get that driver, we've got that feature. Um, our technology just works in a way where you choose the services. You'll see different caregivers. You'll see different prices. They'll have different skills. It's, it's about customizing it for you and your family and making it so that you can work effectively. So many of us adopted pets during the pandemic as oh, yeah. well. And, and a pet is as close, you know, it's funny. When we built the platform, there was a team that wanted overnight pet care before they were concerned about overnight elder care. And one of them lives with her mom, right? That I, I know, I know that at least millennials, a lot of millennials have chosen a pet over kids, at least uh, for the time being. I know I have a lot of friends that I send pictures of my baby and they're like, well, here are my babies and it's two dogs or a cat. So, so it, I'm, just, I'm just saying, so from a corporate perspective, there's a reason that, um, that pets there, that we make that available. And actually we were providing elder care back in 2014. And honestly, elders, when they start to go in and out of the hospital, we found ourselves having to provide care for the pets, water the plants, those types of activities. So that, that's how they came onto the platform. But absolutely, when we went out and, and put many customers on it with the Microsoft Pilot, we saw how much other people also love pet care for, for a whole different set of reasons. So how great it is, again, that a corporation, an employer, can help bring work-life balance to those fantastic employees that they are blessed to have, help them execute their visions. So what a great time for you and your generation to be given access to some level of care so that you can work because candidly, it wasn't there for me um, when I left my job. Yeah, no, that's, that's definitely something. Um, and, and you hit the nail on the head also by mentioning that moving forward, people will want to, limit the amount of individuals they're exposed to at least in, in the foreseeable future so that's definitely a plus for for employees that they can access a mm -hmm. platform that allows them to you know be like i like this person i'll i'll stick to them and mm -hmm. anita we're running out of time here so i wanted to thank you for joining us today and ask if there's anything they wanted to add or before we tune out i just hope Everybody, everybody is excited about having more care, more work-life balance, and just trying to change the world. I love that we are changing the world into the place we want it to be more so right now in a whole new way, and that care is a part of the conversation. This is new. 
I've never seen it in my lifetime. And I am excited to stand on a chair and scream care. Yeah, uh, I agree entirely. I think it's part of the future of work and we can't ask people to bring their whole selves to work if if half of if most of their brain is focused on whatever is happening at home and worrying about what's happening at home. That's so it. Thank you again, Anita, for joining us today. And thank you everyone else for tuning in to the All Work Space Future of Work podcast. Have a good thank one. Thank you. Have a great day. Bye. Bye. Thank you. If it's impacting the future of work, it's in the Future of Work podcast by allwork.space. Are you ready?